Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSport.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Good evening, sports fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 553. I'm your host, Christopher Jones, coming to you from Merritt, British Columbia. That's right. Anyhow, um, what's going on? We're talking football, CFL football. That's right. Uh, Last week of the season coming up, week 21, uh, three more meaningless games. Yeah, exactly. Why? You would think that they'd set it up so that the games are become are, are actually meaningful right to the very, very bitter end, and they're not. And uh, I don't know how you can do that, and I don't know if you can do that, but it would be nice because right now we're going to have three fucking games, and they mean dick shit nothing to anybody. Everything is decided. Who's in the playoffs? Who's not in the playoffs? What order they're in the playoffs? Oh, what is going on? What is cool? Um, the exact same order this year as what it was last year. The only significant difference between it, like Winnipeg was in first, BC, Calgary, uh, Toronto, Montreal, Hamilton. Okay, so what's the significant difference this week? Is it this year that it was yesterday? Last year, last year Calgary was in second place only because they lost the season series to BC. Both teams had a twelve and six record. This year, Calgary's in in third place with a six and twelve record. Exact opposite. Oh my God! Or well, actually, it's six and eleven right now, but. We're expecting a Winnipeg win tomorrow. So that would be 6-12. and 12. Okay, so I'm a little bit ahead of myself. But really, <clears throat> wow. How does a 6-12 and 12 team make it in the playoffs? Because the other 6-12 and 12 team was worse. And the 4-14 four and, four and 14 team is even worse yet. Oh, my God. This was a terrible, terrible year in the CFL. I, I've never seen football this bad. And we said that early on. This is that this game is shit. This absolute shit these guys are playing. And it, it really didn't get much better. I mean, there's three teams that had double-digit wins. Well, actually, I think Montreal won 10. Did they get 11? I don't know. Uh, anyhow, um, yeah, screw it. I don't know. Let's just uh, introduce the panel, and we're going to get on to this and talk some football, opening up the mics. Charles is away right now. Not, not really away. He took his kid to some college uh, preview type of thing. So Carson went, I guess he's going, he's in grade 12. He's going to be going to college next year. So, you know, they did some intros or open house or something like that. So he's going to be in about eight 30. Uh, so we got, uh, William and Rudy online right now. So William, welcome to the show, buddy. How are you doing? I know you're sicker than a dog wow. and so am I. And, uh, so we don't know how long the show is going to last tonight because I'm not feeling all that shit hot. Neither is, uh, William. So we'll see what goes on, but how are you doing? How are how are I things, am, my friend? I, I I I am good. I am looking forward not this weekend but next weekend to meaningful football. Okay, yes. and uh, and uh, maybe maybe the playoff games will be exciting. I guess. I <laughs> maybe. hope so. Maybe they're, um, they're on Saturday this year, eh? First year that they're on Saturday. 
my entire life they've been Sunday. And uh, so now oh, they the, okay. the Western semifinals and it was all of the, the semifinals and the final divisional finals are on Saturday. The Grey Cup game is still on Sunday. And this year it's on my birthday, actually. What, the Grey Cup game? So, yes, sir. Yes, sir. So you didn't get tickets so, for your birthday or you don't know yet? Yeah, you know what? I'm not going to Hamilton to football game. I'm not sitting in the cold ever again. I'm done. Sorry. Yeah. So does that mean the only Grey Cup game you're going to is in BC? That is correct, sir. 2024. I will be there next year. I will be there next year. Oh, I guess I have to go away. Well, you do or you don't. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you want to. My brother even tells me he'd like to go, and he never goes to pro football. So, really, so, there you go. Yep, yep, yep. So, so are we going to get a suite, or are we just going to go in the, the Lions Club, or are we just going to or find some good well, seats? Well, that's up to you guys, because I've never been there. So you tell me what's good and what's not good. Oh. So, that's all. That's all. I think getting a box is going to be kind of expensive. Yeah, probably. We have to plan and see what we can do. But, I mean, we're old. We could be dead by next year, so. It's a true story. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So. (laughs) The way I feel like now, I might be dead by tomorrow morning. Could be. Me too. Me too. But, oh my hey, God, I got COVID. I got COVID. Shut up. Yeah, okay. sure you do. Does COVID exist? I didn't think it did. Anyway, uh, it, ne- it never existed. But okay. Sparky will argue with us tomorrow. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. So, anyways, go ahead. Yeah. Let's, let's introduce Rudy because he's, he's here sem- somewhere. I am. You are. What are you doing? Trying to avoid our first snowstorm of the year in Winnipeg, so <laughs> so far so good. It, it, it's kind of weird. We it snowed the same day right across Canada. Nobody mm-hmm. had snow yet, and it was just like wow. Yeah. Everybody got snow all on Monday. Yeah, it was like 15 degrees all last week. We were fine here. Yeah, it's up, up in the 20s here, and then all of a sudden it snowed. I go, what the hell is this yet? <sighs> No one's ready. <laughs> no, no, no. And it's been cold too. I've been like minus nine, minus ten, and it's just like frick. I'm not. My it's blood's funny. too thin for this. It's like it's fine. Like November is usually pretty okay in Winnipeg, and then it just sometime in this, after the Great Cup, it just snaps into hell. <laughs> There's no other word for it. So yeah. I well, think that we're. It's usually November first for us. We, you know, was, you're, you've gone from fall to winter, November 1st. It, it's going to go below zero, and it's going to stay there until yeah. May, April. This yeah. year, it looks like the long-term forecast, we got 14 days of nice weather. So, I mean, like November 10th, we're still not below zero. It's going to warm up, like, not, in three days, and, and, and it's going to be warm for, for a week and a half. Really weird. I was looking at, I was looking at the extended forecast for the uh, West Final. And uh, it looks like it'll be around minus five or minus six by kickoff. So I don't, it won't be ridiculously cold unless if there's a north wind, then it might be a dicey. But 
at worst, it'll be minus ten. I think so. It won't. It won't be anything out of. Yeah, I think we can handle it or Calgary. I, well, Calgary. Know, I, I checked the weather for the Western semifinal, and it's going to be pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I, I think they're going to have the roof closed, and it'll be okay. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Yeah. Okay. It's, not retract- it's not retractable, though, right? Or did they put a retractable roof in BC Place? Yeah, there's a roof, roof or retractable roof on it. Oh, okay. But not the whole roof, just the center section of it, but it's really big. Um, so anyhow, yeah, you can have the roof open. You have sunshine, sun, sunshine down on the field. It's all, it's pretty cool in there the summertime. Anyhow, so let's talk some football. We got three games from last week. I don't know what is the, the scheduling. I, did some like grade three kid do the scheduling this year? Because it's so weird. It's fucked up all over the place. But anyhow, we got the Calgary Stampeders came into BC and spanked them. Um, notoriously, the Dome is home field advantage for the Lions, and uh, they've get, been getting some decent crowds, and the team just isn't performing for them. It's just the way it's been. And I, this game was frustrating to watch. It was, uh, I don't know what to say. It just, it was terrible. And, uh, Depends on your perspective, I guess. Uh, the amount of 15-yard penalties that the defense took for the BC Lions was uh, ridiculous. Um, the one guy got got two 15-yard penalties in the same play, and he got ejected. Now, I don't know what the story is afterwards, but he said he got spit on by the Calgary guy, and that's why he lost his shit. Uh, I didn't see any disciplinary action coming back out of that, so I have no idea whether or not there was any anything real to that. But uh, it's it was just it was a terrible football game for the BC Lions. They were just unorganized. They couldn't get their shit together, and Calgary literally played some decent football. And it, it's kind of weird, but yeah, I, I I'm hoping that this is not a uh, a preview of what's to come because these two meet again next week, not this week coming up, but the one after in the Western semifinals. So uh, I hope BC gets their shit together. Uh, William, talk about football. Your Calgary Stampede. Well, well, I had no expectations of that game. No. Um, but I have, I have been saying all year long when we're going through the schedule, you guys kept on saying, oh, this game will mean something for BC because it's for first place. But in reality, I don't think first place is as important as your life, okay? And obviously Calgary was playing for their life, and they had more <laughs> They had more invested. It's that simple. Yeah. I, I, tend, to, I tend to wonder if, uh, if Campbell was, was a bit of an idiot for putting a VA in because I, I don't know if he was hurt or not, but he wasn't himself. He didn't have time to throw the ball and uh, Calgary was all over him. So, and you know, and they played, they played a different defense. They also, Calgary also 
most of the game they rushed three guys and put nine in the backfield and and covered all of BC's receivers. So, and I think they uh, one of the things they kept on saying during the game was that uh, they exposed they exposed BC's uh, lean defensive line because they ran for two hundred plus yards against them. So. I'm hoping BC's working on that, but I ha- I still have no expectations for the West West semifinal. Um, I do believe BC shouldn't have given Calgary confidence, which they did do, and we know that confidence can take some guys a long way. But, yes, I mean it's the first time this year that Calgary's won back-to-back games, so. Who knows? And the scariest thing for me is after that game, maybe Calgary thinks they're good now, and that's a scary thought. Anyways, go ahead. Yeah, there's a BC hasn't been able to stop the run all year. Okay, when the teams play BC and they run the ball, they beat us. It's just a fact. Okay, now if depends on whether Calgary continues with that trend in the Western semifinal, because if they do, I don't know if we can stop them. I mean, unless we, you know, trade touchdowns and go back and forth and back and forth. You don't have to worry because I think Dave Dickinson will try and outsmart BC and he'll start throwing the ball again. So. Yeah, I don't know. Just like, just like he did last year. What did you say about Rick Campbell? You said something about Rick Campbell, not 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 about putting VA in, but about something else. I don't, I don't remember what it was. Very, I don't know if he was very smart to put VA in it at all, because I think yeah. he also got roughed up oh. a little bit. Sorry, but go ahead. You, you said that you said that BC uh, was playing for first place, and that didn't mean as much as Calgary was playing for their life. Okay, and in reality. Correct. BC was not playing for first place, okay? Yes, they had to beat Calgary for any chance of first place, but then Winnipeg had to lose back-to-back games against pathetic teams. So that wasn't going to happen. So there's no way that BC was playing for first place, and they knew it. They knew it. The the only game that they had, when they, they were playing for first place was when Winnipeg was in BC. Yeah, but and, last and week BC should have won that game. Uh, last week you also said BC was going to beat Calgary, and they didn't do it. So they didn't do it. But so, you're right. So you're 100 so percent right. Very possible, Calgary had more to play for. It's very possible that Winnipeg could lo- could lose two in a row. They didn't, but it was possible. Yeah, but highly unlikely. I wouldn't have bet money on it. That's for sure. Well, me either, but Sparky probably would have. I don't know. Rudy would for sure. Rudy, what are you thinking? This BC Calgary game. Uh, you know what? BC BC lost that game when uh, that game. BC lost that game uh, from the coin toss. No, when he uh, when uh, the BC receiver was it rhymes that. Uh, didn't go down in the Winnipeg game. That's when BC 
lost the the, the Calgary game. They, they had no. You could tell they were kind of gutted from from not getting first, and they had nothing. I think Calgary's maybe might be overconfident in the uh, in the West semi. I think BC will beat them easily. Uh, BC didn't have it. There was no. Yeah, no, we we're, we're not disputing that. It's a hundred percent. You're correct. Yeah. But it's an interesting synopsis saying that BC lost the Calgary game in the Winnipeg game. Yeah. That's, you know, and, and you can't like just you play sports long enough. There's certain losses that hurt you, and it takes you a while to get over. And I think that just took the win of the BC sales. But I mean, they're going to get. A, I think once the playoffs roll around, they're at home. They get a they get a big win against Calgary. I think I think they could bounce back. I, well, I don't think. Get... Yeah, I don't think that that really uh, affected their ability to play the next game or the one after that. It just basically meant that those games were nothing. Yeah. Right. If they were meaningful football games, they probably could have fought their way through them. Yeah. Hopefully. But here's okay. Yeah. So this was a Calgary 41, BC 16. Total point scores was 57. Charles, you took BC, you got 26 points. Will, you took Calgary, you got 128 points. CJ took BC, got 24 points. And Rudy, you took BC, you got 28 points. So Will picked up the big score there. It's kind of an interesting week because we all got two victories. But they weren't the same. Oh no, Rudy didn't. He got nothing. He, he only got one. You 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 fucked the dog on the last one there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the second game on this game actually, Toronto Argonauts into Saskatchewan to play the Rough Riders, in in Mosaic Stadium. Okay. This Saskatchewan team looked terrible from the beginning to the end of this season. And there was literally no hope for them at all. Uh, why? Uh, uh, there's no why. It's just it was just god awful. And I'm really impressed that they scored 26 points. Um, but it yeah it just wasn't. This was a foregone conclusion before it even started, in my opinion. Rudy, go ahead and talk about Toronto Saskatchewan. I honestly thought Saskatchewan at home. Uh, with nothing to play for, I thought Saskatchewan would be able to squeak out a victory. And I mean, they their defense, their offense wasn't that bad. They they made plays. Their defense is just a sieve. They just give up yards. And and I mean, I don't know how that team beat Winnipeg on Labor Day. Like I guess because I was there. But I mean, that, I guess that was their great cop because they've mailed it in ever since. And uh, uh, r- ridiculous performance. I've never seen a team quit like that in a long time in the CFL. But, uh, well, Saskatchewan was leading into the fourth quarter. Yeah, but then they're, they're but they can't make any stops. And then Dolly Gallo threw a dumb interception at the late in the game. He, he, he still threw for 429 yards. I, I don't mind Dollar Gal actually. I think they should go. For, I think I think they should start him next year if they want to bring Harris back. I don't know to mentor him or just some insurance, but 
I mean, it's their defense. Their defense is giving up yards. Yeah. They had the yeah. lead. They had the lead. How many? Four or five different times they had the lead. They they were leading. Yeah, they they, they controlled the first half and they just kept on giving up. And Toronto was like. Toronto, they're having just fun. There's like a scrimmage to Toronto. They were just throwing the ball, and but guys were open on it. Well, they ran the ball for 183 yards. Their total offense was almost 600 yards. Yeah. Almost, you, you don't get 600 yards of offense in a game. It just doesn't happen. <laughs> I guess it does when Saskatchewan's got a defense or doesn't have a defense. They have lots to clean up next year. I haven't even looked at uh, Charles's agenda. Maybe I sh- maybe I should find out what we're going to be talking about after, if we are even going to be talking about anything after. Uh... Okay, William, talk about this football game, will you? You know, you guys looked at this game a little differently than I did because it was an important game for Calgary. And I thought it was quite an entertaining game as far as uh, as offense goes because it was back and forth the entire game. And uh, BC or sorry, uh, Toronto had to make a end of the game winning drive, which they did. Yeah. And then uh, Saskatchewan got the ball back, and Donna Gallo threw a stupid interception. But uh, I, I, I thought BC looked like they wanted it. They wanted it offense-wise. Their defense wasn't very good. And BC I mean, wasn't playing. Toronto, sorry, Toronto did have uh, all of their starters in as well. So, you know, what can you say? So, I enjoyed the game. And the right team won because that means Calgary doesn't have to beat uh, Winnipeg on the weekend. So, we're all good. Yeah, it's it's clinched it for them. Saskatchewan is done. Absolutely. Yes, they are. And, well, we can't talk about it now because it's in Charles' agenda. What's that? We know who's coming. We know who's coming back next year and who's not coming back. So, which I think is a bunch of shit, but that's besides just, the point. Oh, you're just in Saskatchewan, yeah. Well. Yeah, we, we, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, they, everybody knows that one. It, it boggles the mind that it came up the way that it did. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, final score on this one was Toronto 29, Saskatchewan 26. Total 55 points. Uh, everybody picked, nope, three of us. Charles picked Toronto for 136 points. Will took Toronto 118. CJ took Toronto with 128. Rudy picks Saskatchewan. He gets 32 points. Now, the last game, I was kind of hoping. It didn't didn't even come close, but I was kind of hoping that Edmonton would put up a really decent battle here. But uh, it just... It just didn't 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 come come that way. It didn't play out that way. Trey Ford played well. He played for his life on a few occasions. He was chased around. It was it was a good game. But you could see that Edmonton still doesn't have the pieces in place 
to be a competitive team. They just don't. They just don't have the correct pieces in place. And uh, maybe they will by next year. Uh, Chris Jones did come out and say that he is not going to be as active in free agency this year, that he is happy with most of the players. And uh, that's good. But they still need some pieces. And I, and I think the O-line is in need, and so is the defense. And you, you really expect more from a Chris Jones defense than what we've seen this year. It's just they have not been performing. They haven't been stopping the way that they needed to. And a little disappointed in that. And Winnipeg just kind of, I, I don't know whether you, you can say coasted or they just kept playing football. They just play, kept playing good football. So hats off to Winnipeg for that. Victory was solid. Edmonton is defeated. And that's the end of their season. What, uh, Rudy. Yeah, you know what? I watched the uh... – I went to the game and it was uh, it was a fun game to be at. It was lots of big plays and I mean uh, I give Edmonton credit a little bit. I mean it was fourteen nothing after about uh, thirty five seconds, but uh, they uh, managed to put a drive together and down up and you know put up a bit of a fight and uh, they got a nice kick return to keep the game somewhat interesting in the second half. But I mean Winnipeg was never in danger of losing this game and. And this might be the best I've seen Zach throw the ball all year. He was sharp. And I know it was against Edmonton, but it didn't matter. He struggled against Ottawa this year too. So, But it was kind of good to see him throwing the ball with some authority and not throwing any uh, needless interceptions. So that was a, that's kind of what I was – that was my big takeaway from the game. So, And now we wait. I'm, I'm not a big fan of this long – a meaningless football next week and, you know, just teams see how they can handle the three weeks off. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not Personally. three weeks off, is it? Don't well, like, no, it's only just, one week off. Yeah, that's right. It's only, yeah, it's not too bad. But I guess I counted meaningless football, right? Like, like last week, I mean, they had their starters in, so that was good. But this week, I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure if Zach will even make the trip to Calgary. So they'll be playing. I mean, there'll be an ugly game tomorrow, tomorrow night. <laughs> I don't know who, who. I don't know who. Uh oh, did I lose Rudy, or did you lose? Did I lose? Do you guys lose me? No, well, I'm still here. I. I can hear you. Okay. I can Thank hear you. you. Yeah, Rudy just died in mid-sentence. I don't know what happened to him. I don't know. Okay. So you go ahead and talk about this Edmonton-Winnipeg game. Well, I wish I could talk about it, but I didn't see any of it because I was in Edmonton, and I was busy that day. So, But, of course, uh, Winnipeg won because Winnipeg was expected to win, and Edmonton's been a horrible team all year. <laughs> So, I mean, that's two years in a row that they've only won four games. Um, something's got to change there because uh, their fan base is dwindling quickly. So, yeah, I, I don't know. They 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 look like a lot better team than what they they have been. 
I, I, agree. The be- I agree. The beginning of the season, they were terrible, absolutely garbage. But the end of the season, they yep. were playing strong. And they Just they weren't winning, but they were playing strong. Yep. Yep. And, I mean, they, they did, I think half of that was they put... I got to call Rudy back. Finally. My bad. They put, Sorry. Oh. <laughs> That's fine. They, I mean, they put we can move on. In, <laughs> they put Trey Ford in finally, and uh, he's Their season a turn. for them. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Well, so, and, and they changed uh, the OC, right? Yep. Yep. So hopefully they'll be better next year. They, I mean, it didn't, so. it didn't um, uh, you know, accumulate. They didn't get a lot of wins out of the, the change, but they, they looked like a better football team. They looked like they were competition. Yeah. You know, it, 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 it wouldn't have taken much for them to win a couple more games. So next year, I think there's a lot of promise for Edmonton. Uh, more so than there is for Saskatchewan, and, and possibly even Calgary. Well, no, but once uh, once uh, Henry Burris becomes the head coach in Saskatchewan, look out, baby. Yeah, well, we're, we're, we'll talk about that one. I'm, I'm, it's, it's a distinct possibility. I'm not Why? not sure. I'm not going to say yes. I'm not going to say no on that one. But Why? I, I I don't know if it would be any good. Why is he even being considered? That's my question. Well, I mean, what what is he right now? He's a he's a, um, a tight end coach in in some NFL team. Is he? Yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah. he even is right now. I don't know what no, he's I, doing right now. I think he is. I think he is right oh, okay. now. He was, a, but, he was uh, a guest coach for the Rams, but I think that was it. I'm not sure what he's doing now. No, he's a coach somewhere right now. Okay, uh, hang on. What did it just say? It just said he is currently the tight end coach for the Los Angeles Rams. Okay, so that's that's what he is. So I got the coaching position right. I just didn't know what team. Yeah, okay. But, you know, I don't know what qualifies him to be a head coach. You know, who who would actually think that this is a good idea? And, you know, they came out with a list of, you know, we're, we're obviously going on, on against the agenda right now with the, the six other things there. Oh, look, it's Charles. Let me see if I can bring him into the show here. Do, 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 do. And I'll try to bring him in quietly. Where did we go? Oh, there. Okay, pushing buttons. There we go. So, anyhow, this uh wrap up this game here. This was Winnipeg 45, Edmonton 25, uh, 70 points total. Charles took Winnipeg. We all took Winnipeg. So, Charles got 100. Uh, oh, no, sorry. Will t- picked Edmonton. You got zeros. No, no points at all for that game. Uh, CJ took 100 points, and Rudy was the closest one in getting the score right. You got 102 points because you picked 50 points, and they were 70 points. So you're, like, at the bottom end of the spectrum, which is kind of like being the – never mind. I won't talk about the autistic uh, autism spectrum. Uh, 
Okay, so there we go. That hold it. What's what's that noise there? Is that Charles? Sorry, that was me. That was my. Okay, you're, I got a chair in the squeaks. Okay. Yeah. yeah, your your mic is now live, Charles. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? Okay. Buddy? I'm doing good. Sorry for uh, being late. Uh, it was uh, something that went longer than I thought it was going to be. So. That's okay. You're doing it for Carson yep. and family first. Exactly. Sort of okay, right. So I'm good. I'm good with that. Uh, I'm not yep. going to bitch at you about having your priorities wrong. Okay. But if okay. you're curling or something, I would challenge you there. But that, we'll we'll deal with that one later. Right, Rudy? Okay. okay. Uh, curling, huh? <laughs> so we just yeah we just finished up the 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 review of the this past week's games. There was only okay. three games, and there wasn't really much to say about them. They were pretty much meaningless games, so we kind of yep. did a meaningless review. Yep. I mean, the only only game that really did have any importance was the Calgary-BC game, and it was much more important to Calgary than it was BC, and that was fucking obvious. Yep. No kidding. <laughs> yeah, okay. So I mean, let's, uh, they looked at, the Lions looked like they didn't care right from the beginning. They looked completely disinterested. Yeah, yeah, and they probably were because even though it did, they they did have to win that game. There's no way Winnipeg was going to lose too. So, no, of course not. Especially if they mattered. And they've already they and they've already won. They've already took care of that and won the next game, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. Okay, so we're going to pick our scores for this coming week, and these are meaningless games for mm-hmm. everybody. So um, they're a bit of a challenge to pick, but in reality, they shouldn't be. Um, we got Winnipeg going into Calgary to play. Of course, Will's going to be front and center at this game to watch it Friday night under the lights. It's going to be a little bit chilly, but he'll be there. I know it. Um, Charles, so uh, <laughs> who are you taking in the Winnipeg-Calgary game? Well, um, these are kind of a challenge because, quite frankly, the um, I don't think either one of these teams is going to be playing um, any many of their starters. I, I mean, it's going to be a battle of the backup. This is going to be, these games, especially when they mean nothing, are glorified like glorified preseason games. There's nobody. Uh, I mean, they, they don't care. They're trying to get through with no injuries, and that's the main thing there. So. These can be crapshoots. It's going to say who's going to be what the, uh, backups are going to play better. So I mean, these are really, um, you know what? I I honestly think that um, the Bombers aren't going to play their top guys. I actually think Calgary is going to win this game, believe it or not, because I think a even though it's mean nothing for them and it's mean nothing for the Bombers, they're going to want to continue their momentum going into the. Um, Playoffs. They, they got the big win over BC yet last week. They, I think, just want to keep the winning ways going ahead. So I think while this really is a mean-nothing game, I think it's probably a more important game for Calgary. Bombers are just trying not to get hurt, and then, then they're going to have a couple weeks off before the Western Final. Um, I'm going to say Calgary's going to win this one. I think they're a little bit more motivated. Not that that's much of anything, but I'm going to say Calgary will win – uh, and I'll say uh, I'm going to take 40, 44 points. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, William, what are you going to pick here? 
Well, I think this is a this is a glorified exhibition game, and the oh, I think it's part worse. about it is, well, no, it is worse because the guys that are going to be playing aren't trying to make the team. They've already made exactly. the team. Exactly. Okay. So, I, I, <laughs> it's going to be interesting. Um, <laughs> but yeah, what I mean, I'm thinking Calgary should go for three in a row. They haven't done it this year, so what the fuck? Let's go. Calgary, Calgary 57. Okay. Rudy, Rudy, you share Charles and Williams' optimism for this game. I sort of do, but then I know who their coach is, and he always outthinks himself. So Dickinson will probably just think they're 14 and four and play like they're 14 and four and have nothing to play for. So I think they'll, they'll call off the dogs completely and drew Brown starting drew Brown's better than anything. Calgary's going to start. So I think on that basis, I'll go with, uh, unless you don't play drew Brown, but I think I'd go Winnipeg 34, 34 low, low scoring game. Okay. Um, so one of the things that we didn't do, and we should do that right now, because this is important. Uh, going to go over to Sparky's list here. So um, last week, week 20, CJ ended up with 252 points. Charles with 262. He gained 10 points on me. Rudy with 162. He fell off 100. And Will right up there at 246. So CJ right now has 6610 and Rudy is about 150 or sorry Charles is about 150 points back at uh 6466 and Rudy's off the pace by 400. He can't catch us at 6006 and Williams back there at 4624. So Charles is it within striking range. Now, myself, if I wanted to win this, all I would have to do is mimic Charles's picks, and he'll catch up by 10, 20, 30 points, whatever. But he's not going to be 150 points more than I am. That's just not going to happen. It's impossible. So uh, I could do that. But I just do not, absolutely do not share their optimism on Calgary. And I'm going to go Winnipeg. And I'm going Winnipeg, 48 points, because 48 is my number there. And um, I, I'm either Charles is either going to catch me right now, or CJ is going to pull a little bit, pull ahead. And I think I'm going to pull ahead with this one because I just can't see Calgary winning three games in a row when they've only won two games in a row once, and it was this week. Uh, they're not on a roll. They're not that good. They 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 just it's ridiculous to think that they would actually do this no it's not going to happen winnipeg 48 points uh calgary's going down uh the next game up is hamilton and montreal and charles what are you going to do on this one this one's a little more interesting because this is bragging rights going into the uh eastern semifinal. like they're going to be playing each other the following week and it's going to mean something so 
they're not going to – I don't think either team is really going to want to show too much because, quite frankly, they're already game planning for that Eastern semifinal next weekend, and they're not going to want to tip their hands. So this one's kind of a weird one here. Again, you're probably going to see a lot of backups in this game for both teams because no one wants to get injured in a mean-nothing game, especially when you're playing against a team that you're playing the following week. So you're going to see a lot of backups. Cody Fajardo should be a backup, but was that? You're not, you, you don't want to lose this game either, though, do you? No, that's the other thing. is You don't want to give the other team bragging rights a week before you play them for real. So, no, you don't you, want to lose this game. You, no, you don't want to give them any momentum. It's a delicate balance. Exactly. Yeah. So, it's a delicate balance. So, you might see the starters a little bit in this game. You're still not going to see them the whole game, I don't think. And, it's again, it's like whose starters um, are better? Um, to be quite frankly, I think that um, – I think Hamilton wins this one. I think they got better backups. Not that, uh, I mean, you, you got to look at Taylor Powell. You got to look at some of these other guys. I mean, who's the backup quarterback for Montreal? Well, again, again you've got the, what's his name, Caleb Evans, who played well when he came in. But uh, I, I'm going to go with Hamilton in this one. I just think, um, I don't know, they they want some momentum over Montreal going into this one. So this is a toss-up. These games are really hard to pick because no one it means nothing and nobody cares but on the other end they kind of do i don't know but i'm picking uh, hamilton uh, 40 49 points hamilton okay william what are you going to do here you taking montreal you taking the alouettes you know what this is wow this is a this is a this is a horrible game Yes, because you don't want to play your starters because they could they could get hurt. But you don't want to lose. But you don't want to lose the game because it could no. be momentum for next week. Yeah. So, shit. I don't know. It'll be actually it'll be interesting to watch. I will watch this game for sure. Um. Where's it at? Is it in Hamilton or in Montreal? It's in Montreal. And is the is the semifinal in Montreal or not? Yes. Okay. Hmm. Well, yeah, I'm gonna pick Montreal then. Well, let's go Montreal. Let's go Montreal forty five. Okay. And Rudy, what are you gonna do here? Oh, this game, I think Montreal will want to try and win this at home. Not that they're going to give out, they're not really going to play all their starters, but I think they're at home. They want to put on some kind of show for the fans. I'll go, I'll go Montreal 43. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I honestly, I think Hamilton is going to take Montreal in this game and next week. I think Hamilton is going to end up in Toronto for the Eastern final. And I, I'm confident on that. And I'm picking Hamilton. I'm going with 48 points. I just think they got that. They just got the momentum behind them. They've got a little bit of oomph going on. And I, I think that they're, they're going to strive for a little bit better. Uh, I don't know who's playing quarterback. Is it Bo Levi Mitchell? Is it Schlitz? Is it Powell? I mean, 
they they have I don't know I don't know I don't know Hamilton is really kind of a a, a, a real flip of the coin right now on just about anything but you got to look at Montreal and their best quarterback is Cody Fajardo and oh my good lord um yeah so I am going to take uh Hamilton on this one I'm going with 48 points and it's going to be a slugfest and not necessarily in the little greasy things moving really slow. I think they're going to be more the rocky type of thing. Uh, the final game, the final game of CFL's 2023 season is going to be the Toronto Argonauts into the nation's capital, Ottawa, at uh, Frank Clair Stadium, I believe it is. Uh, they, they, they've got a whole pile of names for it, TD Field. Uh, all sorts of things, but uh, uh, it's a Lansdowne Park. I've been there. It's actually a, kind of a cool place. Uh, anyhow, um, to play the Ottawa Red Blacks. So we got the Toronto Argonauts playing the Red Blacks, and Ottawa is at home. Let's bring a trucker convoy in there and see what happens. Um, Charles, off the top of your head, who are you going to pick here? <sighs> This one's interesting because you're probably going to have a team full of starters against a team full of backups because there's no reason for Ottawa to rest their starters. They're not playing in the playoffs, so what do they care? Meanwhile, Toronto is like uh, most of the other teams this weekend, just trying to not get hurt. But honestly, if I'm being perfectly honest, I believe the Argos second and third stringers are probably better than the (laughs) Ottawa starters. Sorry, Ottawa, your team sucks. Um, so I think, and, and to be honest, the uh, Argos do have a bit of something to play for because if they win this game, they will tie a CFL record for most wins in a season with 16 uh, that was set before by the 1989 uh, Edmonton Eskimos, although that didn't work out for them in the playoffs. But um, I think Toronto is going to win this one because, like I said, I think they're their backups are probably better than the Ottawa starters. That's just the kind of the plain way it is. So I'm going to pick Toronto to win this one. Uh, I'll say uh, 44 points. Okay. And William, Toronto, Ottawa. Well, I'm sure Toronto's not going to play anybody. And I'm sure Ottawa will play everybody. So... I'm not. I'm not like Charles. I think uh, Ottawa's starters are probably better than Toronto's backups, and I don't know they, if uh, they, Toronto. They did beat Winnipeg, didn't they? Yeah, I don't know if Toronto necessarily wants to go for that 16 wins because usually when those teams have those records, they don't win the Stanley Cup. Or the great cup, sorry. And ask uh, Boston Bruins. Yeah, absolutely. Regular season means nothing, man. Record means nothing. You just got to make the playoffs. Uh, let's see. I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick Ottawa 36. Okay, Rudy. Um. Yeah, I think Ottawa wins. I think, no, you know what? Toronto's going to want to get this victory. I think they're going to 
I'm stuck. Uh, Toronto 40. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't think... I don't think uh, the uh, uh, Toronto Argonauts are going to light up at all. Uh, they they kind of want that little record. It it's meaningless, but they kind of do. If they really wanted the record, they should have played. They should have started Chad Kelly against Winnipeg, but uh, they didn't want the record, so it doesn't mean that much to them. Uh, it would be interesting, but I am going to take the Toronto Argonauts, and I'm going to go at 48 points. I I just I like the Red Blacks. I just don't think they have the ability to play football at this point in time. They're going to finish the season 14 and four. And we're really going to have to question what we're going to do with Bob Dice in the off season. Cause I think Ottawa actually went backwards. Didn't they, or were they a two and 16 team last year? They were four and four. I think, I think they were actually the exact same record. Four and four. Okay. This is, their, this, is, this is their fourth straight year or fourth straight season of of like four win football since their great yeah, cup appearance garbage. in 2018. It's been a shit show. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm taking Toronto, going with 48 points, and uh, that's the way those ones lap, wrap up. Okay. So now, Charles, you didn't get the beginning of the show because you weren't here. But Will's not really feeling all that well, and TJ is not as well. So we're going to kind of keep going until we start fading away. Uh, Will may disappear sooner than I will. Uh, We'll see what happens, okay? Just thought I'd share that little bit with you. Yeah, no problem. I'm, I'm, we want to wrap up early. I've got no problem with that. So that's uh, okay. I'm fine there's with whatever couple, we do. There's a couple of things in the agenda here that we should touch base on. And the first one is Saskatchewan Rough Riders have uh, announced that they will not be renewing uh, Craig Dickinson's contract as um, head coach. But they also did announce that they have given a two-year extension to Jeremy O'Day, the general manager. Uh, this made zero sense to me, although there's a lot of people out there who are saying that the uh, the personnel on on the uh, the riders is not bad. They just didn't have the ability to come together as a team. Now, and they're blaming that on the coach. Now, I don't disagree with them that the coach is responsible for bringing them together as a team, and he failed miserably because this was just an absolute shit show. Um, But you have to have talent on the team. And I'm not – at the beginning of the season, we all said that Saskatchewan is going to be ugly. They were going to play ugly football all year long. And was that because – they kept Craig Dickinson and Jeremy O'Day, or was it because they just didn't do anything in the off season to create any excitement there? They literally didn't touch the problems that were at hand for that team. Uh, so Craig Dickinson, it got the scapegoat. He's gone. Uh, we can all talk about what we thought of Craig Dickinson and, and whether this is a smart move by the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. But my big question now is, who's going to replace him? 
there was a, uh, an, a post up with uh, six candidates that people thought were ready for the head coaching position. I always find it a challenge. You take a rookie head coach, somebody who's never been a head coach anywhere, and they put them into the absolute worst teams and expect results. I don't get it. I mean, they did that with Mike O'Shea in Winnipeg. And it, it was like five years before, you know, the fans were saying that they should, you know, they, were, they still wanted to fire Mike O'Shea in 2019. And, you know, the, the call for his head came out all the time. And then they ended up winning the Grey Cup and nobody said boo about him since. They think he's a god. He walks on water. Um, so there's no way in hell that you can expect results from um, Bob Dice in Ottawa after one season with the Ottawa Red Blacks when they were a 4-14, and a 4-14 and team. It just it doesn't make sense. It's not fair. It's absolutely not fair to a rookie head coach to take on a team that's this bad. But there's not a lot of coaching opportunities to for on, a, on an extremely talented team for a rookie coach. So, and and usually when that happens, they fuck it up. Like uh, Mike Benavides did, Dave Dickinson did, Craig Dickinson did. Uh, you know, it's just one of those things. They just progressively drag a, a really well-built team downward. And uh, I don't know. I, I don't know what's going to happen in Saskatchewan. I, I have no prediction of who the head coach is. There's rumors that it's going to be Henry Burris, which I think is an absolute stupid idea. But I don't know. I, your guess is as good as mine. Who, who's going to be the head coach in there? Uh, Charles, Craig Dickinson, was the firing just? 100% yes. <clears throat> now it wasn't really a firing. They just chose not to renew his contract, but yeah, his contract is up and they didn't renew it. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I've zero problem with the firing. I expected it completely to happen. I don't think anyone's surprised that it happened, that it happened to be perfectly no. honest. Um, yeah. So um, Jeremy O'Day, are you surprised they renewed his contract? Yes. I, I uh, to me, it's like um, trying to um, half-ass it, really. I mean, sure, the coach is the one that um, gets the players to play and such. To be perfectly honest, the GM's the one that puts the team together and gives him the players. And obviously, the players that, gave, that he gave to him wasn't good enough. So, I don't get this. This is uh, your, your guy that was responsible for coaching the team, you get rid of, but the guy that actually built the team, well, let's give him another shot. And this team has not been getting better. It has been getting worse over the years. So what exactly are you trying to do by keeping the guy who hasn't done, not only keeping him, giving him a two-year contract. So you're saying, oh, we're going to keep him for two more years. But the team has progressively gotten worse. So uh, the, I just don't understand. I think this is real short-sighted. It seems like it's a way to go halfway to show the fans, look, we're doing something. But that team needs a full-on uh, rebuild 
right and from I'm, the top down, including management. I'm sorry, bringing Jeremy O'Day back is not um, is not a, a wise move move as far as I'm concerned. It makes no sense to me. But I just I don't get what the I don't understand why they would do that. Do it the full way, rip the whole Band-Aid off and start from scratch because what you got now isn't working. And you're going to have a new coach, but you're going to get the same old guy putting, giving him the players. And he, if he couldn't give um, Craig Dickinson good players, what's to say he's going to give the new coach good players? To me, it seems like a half-assed mood and with a cop-out as far as I'm concerned. It was. I mean, personally, I think Craig Dickens or uh, Craig Reynolds should have gone. Yeah, I, I agree. No, I don't. Absolutely, he should have. Personally, I just I, I don't understand this. This team needs an anima from the top down. I, I'm surprised that the uh, the shareholders don't throw the board of directors out. Yeah, well, they got to do something because they they they, t- they took a big time attendance hit this year, this um this year too. So uh, they got to do something to um, really um, I think uh, get that ship righted and bringing back two thirds of that combo to me that's that's you're not setting yourself up for any kind of success. You're going to embarrass yourself again. I think, yeah. anyways. I think it's ridiculous. I think they're all guilty of uh, overestimating their talent. And even going back to 2019, I said they were overrated. And they won a bunch of games with Fiardo against second and third string quarterbacks. And, I mean, they had – Fiardo was okay, but they they weren't that – they weren't good. They got they won first in 2019 because Nichols got hurt. Bombers were seven and two. They were cruising the first. Then Strebler started, so Winnipeg crashed out of first place. Saskatchewan got first by a basically default. And I think their front office assumed they earned that first place on talent alone. And you know what? You have to be you know you have to be good to be lucky. But I don't think they looked deep enough into their roster, and they didn't realize that maybe they're not as deep or as good as they thought they were. And you know what? They were, they haven't won anything since. You know, they they got to the West Final in uh, 2021, but they weren't going to beat Winnipeg. Um, so I think they're guilty of being lazy and just thinking they're Saskatchewan Rough Riders and they walk on water. That's my that's my thought. Yeah, uh, you're right about 2019. I mean, they ended up as an – I don't think they were the number one team in the league. I think that was Hamilton, wasn't it? But um, uh, Yeah, yeah. But Saskatchewan was in, number one in the West. And that was a season in which every single team lost their starting quarterback. Yeah. Right across the board. Like, it it just happened. In fact, even Saskatchewan and, lost their starting quarterback. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. I mean, I give them credit for that, but for, you know, Fiardo coming in and, and beating the teams that were in front of him, 
But there was a game against Montreal. I think Montreal their third-string quarterback in, but they stopped the game in the third quarter because of the weather, or I don't even know. I forget what it was. And they awarded the victory to Saskatchewan. It was like a, a three-point game. So they, they got some breaks that year, definitely. Yeah. 2019. So, uh, yeah, he's done. Dickinson is done, no doubt. I don't understand what they did with Jeremy O'Day. That just makes no sense. Craig Reynolds should have been fired. But um, neither you or Charles uh, gave any guess at who's going to be the head coach next year. Oh, uh, it'll be Henry Burris. Because I think that'll sell tickets. That's the end of it, and I, I agree with you that he doesn't have the resume, but he's going to be the popular choice. Who's that? Henry Burris? Yeah. Oh, I, I, really? Wow. Okay. Uh, Charles, who, who are you? I, I, I honestly, I think I agree with. I don't think it's the right choice, but I agree with Rudy. I think it's ultimately going to be Henry Burris. If it were me. The guy I'd be calling would be Scott Milanovic out of hand. See if I can pry him out of Hamilton. That's the well, first call I would make. He is one of he is one of the six that 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 are you know that are on that list that was created by I think Three Down Nation. Uh, the problem with Scott Milanovic or anybody right now is what person is going to leave a team? Okay, so let's just say they got up. Oh, Jesus, Mark Killam is one of the guys in Calgary. He's the assistant head coach. He's a special teams coordinator in Calgary. Why would he leave his tenured position in Calgary to go to a fucking train wreck in Saskatchewan? I'll tell you exactly why. Go ahead. I'm just saying because coaches like players, they have egos. And they think they can be the one that's going to come in and turn things around. Now, I'm not saying that's the right attitude to have, but coaches, like anything else, they have egos, and they think they can turn the thing around. So I think that's why, because I think these coaches, they're like, well, if I, they'd be like, oh, if I was doing, I'd do this and I'd do this, and they think they can turn it around. I'm, again, not saying it's right. But I could see that being the, a reasoning behind a coach thinking he's well, the guy that knows how to get it done. Well, what about the salary? What's the salary difference between a head coach? That's the other and, thing. More money. Like a lot more. If you get a three-year guaranteed deal, it's like a million bucks, probably, right? You're yourself. not going to get a three-year deal. Okay. No, two at no, least. It, yeah, two maybe. Good possibility on two. And their death. No, and their death. Nobody's going to do it for one. That's for sure. That's why they had such a problem with the, getting an offensive coordinator last year. But like the groan that came out of Will is, is in that position. Now, Mark Killam isn't going to leave Calgary to go to Saskatchewan, regardless of it's for more money, because he had the opportunity to go to Ottawa, and he had the opportunity to go a couple other places, right? And it just it didn't happen because he is in Calgary. I, I see – uh, Dave Dickinson moving up to general manager's office, Mark Killam taking over uh, the head coaching position, and Craig Dickinson coming in as a special teams coordinator in Calgary. Okay, that's my wild-ass prediction for the Stampeders. Um, going back to, uh, what's his name, uh, Scott Milanovic. Now, Scott Milanovic is an Eastern boy, okay? 
And he's in Hamilton right now. He's in a comfortable position. He's the OC. I think the same thing may happen is they'll either, depending on what happens with Hamilton, they made the playoffs, which was a bit of a fluke. Uh, is Orlando Steinauer going to stay the head coach? Is he going to get fired? Or is he going to move up into uh, a, a, a management a management position, whether it's general manager or vice president of football operations or something like that, leaving the head coach position open for Scott Milanovic to take over. Because I think Scott would have been promised that, or he wouldn't have come into that situation, in my opinion, right? He would, he would, he came into this situation with his eyes open going that there's going to be a future position there. It wasn't just to get back into the CFL. So, I, I, I don't think they're going to pry Scott Milanovic out of, uh, out of Hamilton. That's just not going to happen. Hamilton would be stupid to let him go. You've got to bring him in. You're either going to fire Orlando Steinauer or you're going to do something with him, right? And That's just, again, my speculation, but I, I don't see it happening. Now, I want to look. I'm trying to find the article in which they, they talk about all of the different type of people. William, you go ahead. You're over there sighing and everything else. So, um, you know, Craig you Dickinson are, going away guys, is a good position. Okay. So a couple of things. Number one, I think, uh, signing Trevor Harris in the off season was a big acquisition acquisition for, for, for Jeremy. O'Day. It's the first, it's the first time they've had a real quarterback in a number of years. Okay, he got hurt, but they did sign him. <laughs> now, and once again, my favorite line, I'm sure Jeremy O'Day has pictures of the board fucking goats. Okay, that's why he's still part of this team. Okay, um, Dave, or sorry, Craig Dickinson had to go because they needed a scapegoat. He's gone. Now, you guys keep on talking about maybe Henry Burris will be the head coach. Okay, guys. Understand something. Henry Burris started his career in the CFL in Calgary. Then he went to the NFL for a year. Then he went to Saskatchewan, and he got the fuck out of Saskatchewan as quick as he possibly could. He doesn't want to be in Saskatchewan. I don't think he'd ever live in Saskatchewan. I don't don't think he would go into – understand something. Henry Burris – has a bigger ego than Canada, okay? He's not yes. going to Saskatchewan. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. He'll never go to Saskatchewan. He'll wait for a job. And you know what? What does an assistant in the NFL make? I'm sure it, it, he makes money and uh, he'll bide his time. You wait and see. Uh, he'd but, be an idiot yeah. to leave the yeah. NFL right now. With an NFL job... Right now, he's he's making respectable money, and all he needs is one little promotion, and he's up to, to another coordinator's position or into a better position. Okay, right now, he's, what is he, the uh, tight end coach. So, you know, okay, he gets up into running backs, or he gets into be a quarterback coach or something. All of a sudden, he's now making good money, and he's got a future, and he's moving somewhere else. There's no way in hell he's coming you back know, to the CFL. You know, think about, I, it, there's think no way. about it this Think about it this way. Tommy Clements has been an assistant in the NFL for years upon years upon years. He was one of the big stars in the CFL. 
you never hear them talking about him coming to Canada because he's no. making too much goddamn money and he's never going to do it. Yeah, 100%. Okay. So out of these, there's six. There's Scott Milanovic, who I don't think is leaving Hamilton. There's Mark Killam, who I don't believe is leaving Calgary. And there's another guy on here, uh, Pete Costanza. And he is, he's a passing game coordinator with the Toronto Argonauts. This is one of the Calgary Stampeders coaches that left with um, Ryan Dinwiddie. And he is a suggestion. Then you're going down the list, you've got Corey Mace, who is currently the defensive coordinator with the Toronto Argonauts. Again, formerly from the Calgary Stampeder organization. Okay. And then you've got Jordan McSimmick, who is the offensive coordinator with the BC Lions currently. And Scott Milanovic, who we've already talked about. And Buck Pierce, who is the um, offensive coordinator with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. (coughs) Buck Pierce is a Blue Bomber. I don't think he's going to leave that organization under any circumstances. It's just not going to happen. Um, he may be the coach and waiting for Michael Shea or something. 100% he is. Okay. And is Michael Shea, what's going on with uh, Kyle Walters? That was my big question because they extended Michael Shea over the season or in the off season, but they didn't do that for Kyle Walters. And the question is, has always been is 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 Kyle Walters now up for grabs? Is he now the man on the way out? And is is Mike O'Shea looking for that position? Is he going to look at that position as well as the head coaching job? Uh, I don't know. I can't answer that question. I'm going to have to ask Rudy. What is your ear to the train tracks on this one, Rudy? Are you there? Okay, Rudy doesn't want to talk to us. I've heard nothing about Kyle Walters. No, no, nothing at all. But we also know that he did not get his his contract extended. Hello? Yeah, about time he came. Sorry. Sorry. All right, technical difficulties. Um, It's kind of a a mystery in Winnipeg. Uh, Everybody has their own uh, idea of what's going to happen, I think. I think if O'Shea decided he had enough coaching, he'd move up the ladder. Wade Miller would do something else, which could be, include the commissioner of the CFL. But that is like it's a lot of uh, ifs and buts. And Walters would uh, move into uh, you know the uh, the uh, president's chair. President, yeah. I'm not sure. He's kind of an Eastern guy too, though, right? Like, every thought Walter was going to go back east. But Winnipeg is back east. They've been in the Eastern Division half the time that they've been in the Western Division. I'm not sure if that counts. But uh, I, uh, it's, it's going to be interesting. I think if the Bombers win the Grey Cup this year, I could see, I could see uh, O'Shea wanting a different challenge with the club, do something different. But uh, 
hard hard to say that one is uh, that one will be uh up in the air. I could see Walters going to a different club as well. Okay, I don't know so where. I'm, I don't know. I I don't see Buck oh. Pierce going anywhere. I don't think Buck Pierce is going to go to Saskatchewan for a head coaching mm-hmm. job. I don't see that happening. So I don't see Scott Milanovic. I, Jordan Maximic, I, I don't know much about the guy, but I don't think that he is – I don't think he would do it, only simply because I don't think he's been doing this long enough to actually think about it. I mean, I mean Burris did – uh, sorry, but Burris did, Burris did express interest in going in the, in the Saskatchewan job. They had him on. Uh, I sent you guys yeah. a Yeah. He, he's so, he's always mean, gonna. He's not gonna say no to something like that. But, but it's not. Know, I, but I, it's I, not like he's. It's not a good career move for him. I'm not sure what exactly he's doing because I saw a guest coach on his resume, so I don't know what that means. I don't know if he's actually coaching right now. I don't think he, he is. is. I know he, he is. is. He, he okay. is. I, I thought I, I heard he was a, a a guest coach. No in training camp. I thought I heard he was a full-time coach in the NFL. He's a full, he, is, he is the tight end coach for the Los Angeles Rams. According to Wikipedia, which I have to believe is correct at this point in time, he is currently a tight end coach for the Los Angeles Rams of the National Football League and was formerly the offensive quality control coach for something else. Because that's a, about as where as it goes. Okay. Yeah. For the Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears. So and Jacksonville kind of, Jaguars. Yeah, you, he just left Jackson, right? Jacksonville. He was the offensive quality control coach for Jacksonville Jaguars. He was in the BC Lions as an offensive consultant before that. And before that, he was with the Chicago Bears. So it sure looks like he is trying to stay in the NFL. You're not going to improve or pad your resume by going to Saskatchewan. You're not. You need a team to coach. If so let me, just, all, let me just – If oh, I, me, said, I, I need Henry Burris as a coach, Henry Burris would jump at it because it, was a, it would be a good, good decision to make because you're going to go coach a good team. But you're not going to coach a good team in Saskatchewan. They're not a good team. There's nothing that says they're going to be a good team. Like I, but I think you're misreading this. I think he – I'm going to read this again. After not being retained by the Jaguars, Burris was announced as joining the LA Rams for training camp in 2023, for training camp as a tight ends coach. That, I think that was just a training camp. I don't, I think, I'm not sure if he was a special coach. I don't know. What I read, it says he's currently the tight end coach okay. for the Los Angeles Rams. C- could be. Could be. Yeah. But I get, I, I get him wanting – I get what you're saying, though, but him wanting to stay in the, in the NFL because you're, you're not climbing the ladder in the CFL if you want to be an NFL head coach. No. Right. And, and, and since he's still bopping around down there – why would he come? I mean, I understand Scott Milanovic coming back to the CFL, and I thought that would never happen. But he really didn't have a job anymore down there. Okay, he was kind of the odd man out, and 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 that's so. Okay, well, let's come back to the CFL and pad my resume a little bit, and thinking that he could do that, I don't think. I don't know. 
So the only two out of these six candidates that I see that would be even half half ass interested in it would be Corey Mace and Pete Costanza. And I'm going to let William talk about those two. You there, Will? Well, I don't, I don't, I am. Um, um, Corey Mace has only been an offensive coordinator for a year. I think if Defense, he went to Saskatchewan, yeah, I think if he went to Saskatchewan, he would go the same way as, uh, as, uh, Devon Claybrooks went in BC. I think he'd last one year. For some reason, for some reason, Defensive coaches don't turn into great head coaches. They do not. For some reason. So, But so the two greatest coaches I, I, in the CFL were both defensive coordinators. Well, sure they were. But, um, so, and Pete, and Pete Costanza, I don't know, I don't know if he would do that because, He's only played for good organizations because after he left Calgary, he went to, correct me if I'm wrong, Rudy, wasn't he in Winnipeg for a little while? Yes. He was the running back coach. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was there for a little while, and then he went to Toronto. And so, you know, he, you never know. Maybe he wants to be a head coach, and if that's the only job, he might do it. He might do it. He's been in the... <laughs> He's been in the CFL for a long time. I, I tend to wonder if guys that have been assistants for such a long time, and and uh, Killam is one of them, do they actually want to be a head coach? Because, because Killam's been in Calgary for 20 years, and you would think he's had numerous opportunities to be a head coach. And I know he's interviewed for jobs, mm-hmm. but uh, you know he never gets offered them. And I wonder if he doesn't try very hard, or if they're not interested. Well, I remember last so, year he actually withdrew his a- application to the Ottawa Red Blacks. Yeah, right. He, he just said, "Yeah, you know what? what a disaster. I'm, I'm, I'm not interested." And Corey Mace was actually one of two for the head coaching position in Ottawa. It was between Bob Dice and Corey Mace, and Bob Dice got the job. Right. So Mace has already shown interest in that head coaching position and looks to be in in the concept of wanting to move. Uh, He's the defensive coordinator in Toronto right now, and he, you know, it's just, yeah. Uh, Pete Costanza turned down the job of the uh, Saskatchewan's offensive coordinator last year, right? So I don't see him being a realistic candidate. So I I would agree with that for sure. He's the passing game coordinator in Toronto right now. I think Saskatchewan. Sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I I, I forgot I I got Charles on mute. I better open him up back up. Sorry, Charles, just in case you're trying to talk. 
Saskatchewan is desperate enough that they will throw a bunch of money, which they have. They they they're, they could throw a bunch of money at somebody that they really want, and that can make a difference. I mean, I know NFL money is good, but I think Saskatchewan could make an offer that you could lure somebody away from an NFL job, not a head coaching job or an OC, but I think one of the one of the few franchises in the CFL that could could pull that off. Now, it might not be a smart thing to do, but I mean. Well, I mean, I, I got into that conversation with Lonnie Gleiberman this week, and he said that he doesn't know why the CFL doesn't try to pull more coaches out of uh, Division One or NFL coordinators up to here. And I said, you know, there's a lot of reasons why. One, it's the money. The Americans just throw buckets of money at their coaches. And, and uh, the college coaches make huge money. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And – yeah, the head coaches and stuff, but I'm not sure that all of the coaches down the line do, but uh, probably more so than the CFL, that's for sure. I, I really don't think that they know and understand the Canadian game that well, that they're, they honestly believe that their game is better, and why would I go up there to do that uh, without really knowing too much about the Canadian game? And I really don't know too many Americans who have walked into head coaching positions in the CFL and been successful. The only one that comes to mind is Mark Tressman, and he surrounded himself with amazing coordinators. Okay? Uh, if you remember Jeff Tedford in BC, complete disaster. Um, Daryl Rogers in Winnipeg, I believe it was, back in the nineties. That was bad. That was bad. I mean, even June Jones in Hamilton was was he couldn't grasp the Canadian game. He didn't do it. Bart Andrews. Well, and they're stubborn too, right? They don't, they don't rely on like a Canadian coach for experience. Where they get an assistant and can help them. They're stubborn. They're set in their ways, and they. Uh, They just don't doesn't translate well always. Okay, so we we lost Will. He's he's just not feeling well. He's gone, and I figured he would go before me. But I'm losing my voice, so I'm not going to be here much longer. So let's uh let's wrap this one up. I don't think we have a consensus at all at what's going on here, and the, the fact we it, it's a total mystery clusterfuck in Saskatchewan. Uh, Chris Jones, Trey Ford. Uh, will enter as the starter. Well, duh. I'm not worried about that one. Uh, Dalton Schoen. Have you heard anything about Dalton? Is he, he was on the one game injury list. I heard he was gone for the season with an ankle injury, possibly an Achilles. And uh, rumors sure. were flying all over the place, but I haven't heard I anything did. else from him. Yeah, I, I didn't hear the Achilles. I heard ankle, but yeah, if it's, uh, yeah, I would say he's, 50-50 at best to be at, in the West Final, which would be a pretty big loss for Winnipeg. Yeah, yeah. yeah they said uh, they haven't ruled him out for the playoffs, but that doesn't mean he will be there. So, yeah. No. Um, you know what? Uh, we've got the awards coming up here. Uh, they're going to get narrowed down on November 1st, so that's going to happen before that we get back onto the show. So, 
I really don't know if I right. want to tackle this one right now because I feel like shit. Um, but That's fine. We can play with them. We'll have the divisional on. guys next week. Yeah, yeah uh, it, exactly. Um, you know, I, I, it, it's really kind of weird. I, I'm surprised that Brady Oliveira got the MOP nominee out of Winnipeg over Zach Caleros, but I'm not shocked by it. I mean, he had a better season, but usually the quarterback gets the nod on this one, and that's kind of unusual. So he's in and the top and MOP. Uh, I don't know. It, it, it's going to be a tough one. Whether he gets the West nominee, I mean, it's between him and Vernon Adams without question. There's nobody else in the division worthy of it. And it Adams' it's numbers very have been rare amazing. for a running back. Yeah, it's been very rare for a running back to get an MOP nomination. Yeah, and, and, and to beat out the other um, quarterback. I understand beating out yeah. Jack Caleros, but I don't understand him beating out Vernon Adams. I, it, it, it's kind of weird. It, it, it may ha- I wouldn't be surprised either way. It's a coin flip in my opinion. Uh, but, and then they're going to go against Chad Kelly. So who's going to come out of that one? Who knows? Top Canadian, again, Brady Oliveira against Matthew Betts is the only two really huge contenders there with Matt, Matthew Betts setting Canadian records. So, I don't know. I'm I'm not saying BC's got better players than Winnipeg. I'm absolutely not saying that. I'm just saying that I think that they're leaning a little bit that way. But it's the sports reporters that report on the or vote on this, and and they go on the hype more than they go on anything else. And right now, the Winnipeg's got the hype, so uh, I wouldn't be surprised by it at all. Um, anyhow. Uh, we're coming up at the hour and a half mark, and I'm I'm absolutely losing my voice. My throat is on fire, so I'm going to sign off. You guys want to keep going, or is this it? I'm good. I'm good to call it a night. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Okay, so this has been Let's Talk CFL podcast episode 553. Christopher Jones, I'm signing off because I can't talk, and it's sore, um, man. You guys have a good weekend and enjoy your football games, even though they're going to be pathetic or actually non-meaning anyhow, not necessarily pathetic, but we'll see what happens. I may actually watch some, who knows. Um, but the playoffs come up in another week, and that's exciting. we got some meaningful football again, which we haven't had for a little while. So I'm saying good night, Charles. You do the same. Uh, good night, folks. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you're watching, enjoy the games. Uh, this week, and uh, we'll talk to you next week when we're finally talking about the playoffs. Okay, Rudy, you got 32 minutes to sign off. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Good night, everyone, and uh, looking forward to playoff football in a few weeks. Okay. Cheers, guys. Yeah, cheers.